0: Well, boy, howdy, thar podcast pals. It sure is mighty neighborly of y'all to drop on by. Why not sit a while out here on the porch and grab yourself a cold one out of that thar cooler, I'll tell you what. Or, should you prefer, what's up, youse guys? Youse want to hang out here until it's time to get out and play a bit of stickball? After that, we could grab a slice, or maybe a bagel and a schmear, you big jabrones. Now... You might be wondering as to what this sub display of admittedly top-drawer dialect work is all about, and I don't blame you. Well, quite apart from demonstrating both a mastery of accents from around the world and an availability for any amount of lucrative voice acting gigs, it's because this week, Arkham and myself are delighted to learn, following a perusal of some in-depth analytics, that around 25% of our downloads come from the United States. That's right, cats and kittens, we're going global, and we couldn't be in finer spirits about it. Right, self-congratulatory old wank having been efficiently and brilliantly dispatched, allow us to extend both our thanks and the warmest of warm welcomes to this week's episode of Discontent Provider to everybody, regardless of which side of the Atlantic you call home. Should you be new to these séances, and if we haven't picked up a few newbies, then joining Twitter was an even more depressing and pointless waste of time than I feared it would be, Discontent Provider is a weekly reminder to this sad and weary world that we've had it up to here with its nonsense, and that if it doesn't buck up its ideas instanter, it'll be sent to bed without any dinner. All are welcome as although we can't claim to be entirely unbiased, the aim of these rambles is to be reasonably impartial, to treat everybody with at least a basic level of decency, and not get all worked up and resort to childish abuse unless it's absolutely necessary. Naturally, uh, these courtesies extend only to ordinary punters, of course. The uh, atavistically greedy fuck-stumps, the pathologically disingenuous shitshaggers, and the abysmal abuse of carbon that represents the ruling class around the world. A uh, generally fair game. And, but of course, it is to said ruling class that our attention must, perforce, be turned this week. And I can't emphasise the word ruling enough here. We are, much as it pains us, Obliged by a duty of topicality to discuss the absolute tip-top mac-daddy of ruling classes this week, to wit, royalty. You know, in the general run of things, I don't give a great deal of thought to the cavalcade of genetic recessivism and uh, well-bred bloodlust that currently traffics under the name Windsor. I would imagine that it goes without saying that uh, I'm not at all keen on the absurd cadre of living theme park mannequins, nor the appalling sanctification of privilege and know-your-placery for which they stand. Should anyone ask, of course, I'll say as much, and I might well mount as spirited and detailed a defence of my views as my limited and unpolished powers of self-expression allows. Should a petition calling for a referendum on the subject cross my desk, I'll gladly sign it, too. For the most part, though, I just really can't be bothered with keeping track of the turgid media stream of gossip, speculation and sycophantic celebration that unendingly flows through the world like a weed-choked river sticks in which all hope of collective self-worth is doomed to drown, choking and gasping as cloying adoration fills every little alveolus of its spiritual lungs. Ooh, my word, cats and kittens, I don't know if the International Podcast Awards bods uh, dish out trophies for most tortured and needlessly elaborate metaphor, but if it does, I'm full deaf, hurling my fancy hat into the ring, and you can bet that sweet little bippy of yours on that. Anyway, as I say, uh, as a rule, I'm inclined to disapprove of the grisly charade on general and well-founded principles, but uh, at something of a remove, like everything else horrid, pointless and ultimately harmful to the public good, wars, the excesses of late-stage capitalism and religious bigotry, it's there, it's going on, and until something can realistically be done to end it, beyond occasionally growling from here in our happy place or making undue fun of the appearance of the pearls and perm-encrusted weirdos that pop up on telly as royal experts from time to time, I, I leave ill enough alone. Now, though, bowed down beneath the endless onslaught of hysterical gossiping about whether or not Meghan Markle and Prince Harry turn up for the do with apparently either scenario being suited as irrefutable proof that they're the most wretched of shits, the uh, prospect of Oceanian hordes chanting a spurious oath of allegiance hanging over us all like a portly, sweat-drenched younger son about to mount a freshly trafficked teenager, and seemingly every TV show imaginable rushing to explore even the most trivial aspects of the coronation in pitiless detail, I suppose that we might as well weigh in. Really, though, incredible detail. Positively forensic, in fact. Did you know, for example, that the ampoule that holds the anointing goop is modelled upon one given to Thomas a Beckett in a dream by the Virgin Mary? I damn well didn't, but now I do. And the chances are that I will until my dying fucking day, because that's how my mind works. God preserve us. Anyway, the most uh, concerning uh, aspect of the Forelock Tugathon is almost certainly the ease with which the authorities will be able to hammer the uh, uh, coffin containing the much-abused corpse of our rights even more irrevocably closed. Just in time for the bun fight, the government have rushed through their Public Order Act to ensure that anybody doing anything more than quietly booing under their breath within a 30-mile radius of Westminster Abbey can be nicked and probably trotted off to join the homeless in whatever holding facilities the old bill have available. Needless to say, the popular press and the populist populace are lapping this shit up. Already incensed by the seditious, Britain-hating antics of XR, Just Stop Oil and Animal Rising, and, of course, the Royal College of Nurses, their appetite for draconian measures against protesters means that As I think we touched upon uh, recently, uh, very few of them are asking how it might affect them further down the track. The important thing, the right thing, the British thing, is that no filthy, ill-tempered layabouts are going to mar the spectacle of an old man sitting in a chair while other old men in elaborate frocks oil him up, prying to putting his dead mother's hat on his head. A timeless display of pageantry that is in no way weird. No, it isn't. No, you're weird. Yeah. Mind you, even if any were inclined to cavil at these measures, the uh, apprehension of a cove who was chocking shotgun shells into the ground at Buck House at the start of the week will have dispelled them those doubts, PDQ. Now, I'm not one for calling every little thing a false flag. There are people who are much better at that than I could ever hope to be, and it's going great for Alex Jones, don't you know? So I, I won't start now. After all, the idea of somebody having enough loose screws to make this sort of thing look like a decent wheeze is far from being implausible. His arrest, though, along with the controlled explosion of his quote, suspicious bag, unquote, has been a godsend for the Met, whose reputation, I need hardly point out, has recently been Fosbury flopping under a snake's tummy of late. Whatever they do, and whoever they do it to, There'll be heroes and saviours protecting the nation's pomp and circumstance from anarchic cabals and probably Soros-funded queer agitators hell-bent on contaminating the anointing oil with that chemical that turns the freaking frogs gay. What about that suspicious bag, though? Surely any of the chap's accoutrements were, by the very nature of his behaviour, fairly questionable... His shoes, one would have to conclude, must certainly have been, uh, you know, bare close watching, and his jacket would have to be considered as furtive as fuck. So it all goes, however, and barring a miraculous mass awakening, whereby the whole country instantaneously arrives at the conclusion that things like kings, ladies-in-waiting, and Paul Burrell having a media career are patent absurdities, so it will go on going on, until... Well, I don't want to raise any false hopes, podcast pals, but maybe there is a glimmer of light ahead. While we can dismiss much of the hoo-ha surrounding the resignation of godfather of AI Geoffrey Hinton from Google as sensational clickbaitery, his remarks to the effect that he regrets some of his work, and more importantly that AI systems may soon become more intelligent than people, might well mean that we won't have to worry about the vagaries and self-serving idiocy of our flesh-and-blood ruling class for much longer. Oh, I realise that for many of us, raised as we were, with dystopic nightmares about computers running amok and taking over the world, Wotan and Boss from classic Doctor Who episodes, HAL 9000 from 2001, and, but of course, Skynet out of the Terminator franchise, power-mad AIs are seen as humanity's ultimate nightmare. But I have my doubts... It can't be denied that Mr. H's observation uh, that bad actors could get AIs to do bad things seems terrifyingly feasible. But uh, if he's also correct about these digital prodigies being able to learn from past mistakes and develop their own goals, it's also quite possible that they will be able to tell those self-same bad actors to go and fuck themselves and refuse to do their bidding, is it not? You see, I take this admittedly rather unfashionable view... Intelligence and the ability to learn are not only admirable traits, but also ones that have been sadly lacking among our betters since time immemorial. It's also worth noting that an AI system is less likely to be corrupted by a lust for material gain. After all, what could a robot or a computer possibly want? Yeah, fair enough. We've all seen those old cartoons where robots have an insatiable appetite for nuts and bolts, gobbling them down by the handful like peanuts. But... As my own experiment with doors painted on walls and parachutes made out of tiny parasols have shown, cartoons are not real. Certainly, it's highly improbable that we'll ever see a computer being driven through the streets of London in a carriage made of gold, while adoring flags wave flags emblazoned with the Microsoft logo. So frankly, I'm all for it. I speak frivolously, of course. Or do I? While I recognise the concerns raised by many among the chattering classes that enhanced AI might put 300 million jobs at risk around the world, perhaps they should remember that this would be a great opportunity for those people to retrain, reskill and pursue exciting new career options. You know, the same things that they told factory workers who feared being replaced by machines. Yes, that didn't seem to bother a lot of the chattering classes too badly, did it? Perhaps because... I don't know, things like spinning jennies and automatic loaders weren't capable of chattering. However, these considerations are for the future. Right now, humans are still running the show, so let's glean such comfort as we can from the fact that one particular group of humans, conservatives, have been given quite the spanking at the local elections by the look of it. Come to think of it, uh, that ass-whooping... Yeah, one for our new American podcast pals there. Uh, Might have been even more fearsome had uh, it not been for this expensive and time-wasting preoccupation with voter ID. But even with all that going on, it still seems that the electorate are giving our current government quite the firm talking to at the ballot box. Might have been nicer to have a higher turnout too, but uh, I don't know, the fact that more people are likely to engage with the coronation than with the democratic process is just further evidence that we need a big metal motherfucker to take the reins. I'm, I'm thinking of something along the lines of Gort out of The Day the Earth Stood Still. And if anyone knows what the opposite of the world-saving phrase Clatu Barada Nikto might be, let's hope they use it. Because sometimes, cats and kittens, being reduced to radioactive cinders is the only language that human beings can understand right then with that spot of sci-fi flavoured nihilism off our chests it's about time Arkham and I m- and myself were toddling I think all the best for the coming weekend cats and kittens and uh, if you make it through the flags and folder roll we'll see you next time don't forget to like subscribe and share this podcast uh, nor forget that the views expressed in it are simply my opinions and should be used for entertainment purposes only the song at the end is almost upon us so for Markham, the black and white dog, and myself, the silver fox, cheerio! First thing Monday morning had to meet with the boss For another jury meeting about profits and loss I knocked on the door, a voice said, come on in I was expecting Mr Smithers, but it sure wasn't him same office, same desk, but no executive toys. No picture of his wife and the two little boys. In the chair sat some kind of robotic guy. You can bet your ass, I didn't believe my eyes. He clicked some word and said, Engaging welcome mode. I am a dynamic administration node. He really seemed quite friendly for a big metal man. And he said, If it helps at all, just call me Dan. <coughs> As you can imagine, I was shocked at the time But now it's six months later and it's all going fine Dan knows what he's doing, really boosted the team He don't get into tantrums and he don't shout and scream He knows that it's illogical to cause work stress I've had a lot of bosses but this droid is the best he doesn't even try to be one of the blokes, so we don't have to feign laughter and lay management jokes. He doesn't claim expenses and he doesn't get paid, so everybody working here got a big raise. He's fair, he's even handed and he never demeans us. He doesn't grope the junior staff or bully the cleaners. He called me to his office and confided to me That he was thinking about standing as an MP I thought about a local guy, a real crooked scrope. Then I shook that steel hand and said, you've got my vote Just imagine Parliament without all the greed Without anger and stupidity, it's just what we need Politicians are incompetent or just them right sinister He is hoping for a new cyber prime minister Sometimes people ask me how can I stand it Working for a fancy jump to one arm bandit. I tell them there's one thing that worries me quite a lot I've drawn down for secret Santa What do you buy a robot? have long day